Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, well, uh, what did we do today? We spoke to comedian Mike Bubbins, who was uh, in the stadium in Cardiff yesterday to watch Wales qualify for the World Cup yep. for the first Very time happy. since 1958. Uh, he, he told us all about that. Uh, we also chatted to... Um, Andy Smart, who was a talk sports official, although we didn't know at the time, uh, reporter <laughs> from the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling in Gloucester. Yeah. Um, and clips, we had clips some, of the week. Yeah, pewter. clips of the week pewter from 2009. We had a bit of a chat about various things, uh, uh, including a horse in a pub. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. And I can't decide what was more embarrassing. England in versus Hungary or Rod Stewart murdering Sweet Caroline. Oh, there wasn't really? a lot in it. Oh, I now look, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard Rod's rendition. I know it was I understand. Wonderful it. singer, rock legend. Yes. It's like watching an old boxer who's gone one fight too many, just think, oh, no. Real blimey, that's a bo three seven one seven. That's a bit bold. I'm not the only one. I, I only saw the chorus and he, he was he, he was fine with the chorus. I understand he was a bit more free form with the verse of Sweet free, Caroline. Free form. You can't write off a man's career based on uh, his rendition of a song that isn't one of his own <laughs> when, it, when it, one of his own wasn't great either. yeah and I mean, he did the first verse and then the, the backing singers did the rest and he was going well, oh, hey, wow, this, is, this is controversial <laughs> stuff from a great. talk sport regular <laughs> listener Rod if you're listening I'm, I'm very much in team Rod hashtag team Rod this afternoon he's still he's still got a lot to offer I'll one of the great on voices I'll tell you you're on your own on that one but one of the great voices yeah. yeah well a rock legend I wouldn't would yeah, ever well, dispute it's too late now with your Rock really. legend nonsense. Well, Far too late to be <laughs> chucking that into the mix. <laughs> yeah. there's, uh, there's racing at Windsor tonight. Well, wouldn't it be great if the Queen turned up for yeah. the whole meeting? <laughs> That'd be in your face, wouldn't it? <laughs> you could go along. Why not, Monday night? <laughs> she could be in and out in about ten minutes. Not far to go. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't great, England. I, I don't share the view of Adrian or Henry Winter that, you know, you should worry about it too much. I don't think these games have any relevance to the mm. World Cup. Gareth knows which players he's going to use. He knows who's good, who isn't. He's got a whole first part of the season before he has to pick a team. You know, he's, he's going to see who's in form. Players and, will be fresher. And, and players will be fresher. They look, England look jaded. Scotland looked jaded the other night yeah. as well. well. The Welsh didn't, but, you know, they did. And I just thought, you know... 
it wasn't a great performance, I mean, but I don't think it's got any relevance to what happens in Qatar. I mean, Cass, I think, made a good point on breakfast this morning that, you know, if, if it happened a lot, you, you'd be more worried. But it is a bit of an outlier. England haven't lost for ages. Yeah, it was a, look, it was a bit of a leggy performance, bit tired mentally and physically. But I didn't come soft, away. Soft I was quite surprised at the actions. Mm. I came away from it thinking, yeah, that wasn't a great performance, but, you know, you can give them one of those. You might not give them three or four. Anyway, we're going to cross to mm. Munich. I mean, I'm, I imagine the mood in there. It's going to be difficult tomorrow night against Germany away, obviously. But they're coming off the back of a, of a bit of a ho hum yeah, performance as well. As well, you know, see, the players just want to go on holiday now. So it's yeah. like it's like enough. You know, it's different mm. if they're playing in the Euros or in the World Cup. But this yeah. is, you know, it is judging by Gareth's record in the Nations League, he thinks the same of it as we do, or I do anyway. You see, it's a record is really poor. It's only thirty eight percent win rate, as opposed to uh, finals of the Euros seventy one percent, World Cup finals fifty seven percent. So a lot better performances. Really in better the major than the Republic of Ireland in the same competition. Yeah, Rob Green did a good job. He was commentating for Channel on the penalty. He went confident penalty, consummate one, controversial one. I think congratulations. Yes, all the cons. <laughs> yeah. Marvelous. Marvelous. Now we're going to talk. We don't often talk MotoGP, and we apologise for fans of the sport that the only time we are going to do it is when something goes wrong. It's a tale of um, premature congratulation. It was it, brilliant. It is, well, we'll not be, for the bloke who did it, No, obviously. we'll be chatting to uh, one of the riders who um, thought the race was over. Arm in the air, slowed down, celebrating with everyone in his team and, and the fans. I think it was his home race. Uh, but he still have a, had a lap left. So by the time he realised it and got going again, he ended up being fifth. It cost him happen. nine points, nine championship points. That's right, it can yeah. happen. We'll talk more about that uh, later on with an expert in the field. But we are interested in your tales of premature congratulation. Have you ever done something in a similar vein to that? Have you, you've started celebrating a touch too early. You can tell us your stories this afternoon, talksport.com, text 81089, or tweet to TSH. in American football, I've seen players celebrate a touchdown and then drop the ball. Oh yeah, actually well, you see it in rugby, yeah. don't you? We've yeah, seen yeah. it over tries and everything. So do let us know this afternoon. And uh, yeah, Wales definitely benefiting. I thought. I thought Ben Davis was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, he's his been, association he's with Conte. Yeah, is definitely he's helped. had an excellent season. He's easily his mm. best season. He's been one of the players. If it wasn't for Son and how brilliant he's been, I think Ben Davis, because from the starting point, mm, yeah. would have been players of the season for Tottenham. So yeah, brilliant performance, and by Hennessy, of course, as well. But what was it like being in the ground? We'll find out from Mike Bubbins, mm. who was right behind the goal where it was scored, and has featured in many of the pictures. Yes. And there's a bit of an earworm, I think, for people who watch these scenes after the game, uh, an old Welsh folk song which uh, the players have embraced. And Mike, I think, may be giving us a rendition oh, a little good. bit later yeah, on. Telling us, nice. I can't get it out of my head now. In the pub style. Yeah. I keep singing it. So um, and, we will be chatting to Mike. And the Welsh later. assistant, Alan Nil, I just can't stop thinking of his Spanish cousin, Juan, who's the yeah. intensive coach <laughs> must, of Spain. It must be so difficult <laughs> if, if you are Juan Nil. <laughs> In the dugout, really. <laughs> but uh, if you're I was behind. talking about being in the ground. I was in the ground on Saturday at Lords. It was oh, yeah. fantastic. It was really great to be back. And uh, even though it's the least diverse crowd in Britain, All right. but uh, it was it was fun and uh, it was a great day's cricket. I thought England played really yeah. well after because they the, the worst part was their batting when they were seventy five for one and they collapsed. Mm. You just thought, oh, not again. And the top three are still a big problem, but. You know, and it does come down to Root or Stokes to make mm. runs, and you know, then they've got a chance. But uh, folks they, they, did well, didn't they? Old up yeah. and end, they did great. I think I was saying to you, I think the fact that they scored so quickly in the second innings took the new ball right out of the equation. Mm. Because if they'd had it, you know, needed fifty, and the, a new ball came, it might have been trickier. Yeah. But uh, you know, in the end, that they won quite comfortably. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon. We'll be chatting to Mike Bubbins a little bit later on. He was in the stadium to watch Wales uh, qualify for the World Cup. Mm. Have a bit of a sing-along with him, but uh, staying with the world of comedy, joining us now, comedian... AFC Wimbledon cricket fan too. It's Jeff Norcott. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon, chat. Good to see you. Yeah, well, I mean, a rare thing with cricket. I was for AFC Wimbledon and the England Test cricket team. So you can imagine, last year has been it's been thin returns. Yes, <laughs> yes well, picking yes, up slightly. Yes, returns. That was yeah. a good run chase, wasn't it? I mean, two yeah, seven was. seven. Yeah, that that seems to have been the least remarked upon bit of it. That was a mm. very High run chase. I mean, I think uh, you know, in fourth mm. innings at Lords, people don't normally get that. So no, they were playing on the third day. Though. They <laughs> were the playing fourth, yeah. fourth morning, but yeah, and what a beautiful bonus for those that went yesterday and, and got the sort of an hour and a bit to play. Or was it, and this is done. Yeah. Yeah, like our producer got his money back, didn't pay a bean to watch England win a test match. Yeah, because it must be weird because at the beginning of the day, they were probably like, don't take any unnecessary risks. Then suddenly the prospect of it being free came in. They're like, take risks. Yeah. Hit, swing for the swing yeah. for the well, I think they were trying to take the new ball out of the equation, so they yes. were trying to score quickly all the time, which they did, and that thing is down to McCullum. It's so, all yeah. it was yeah. all very well executed, which which makes me suspicious, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the good news. We'll be chatting to Bumble later on about some of the other stuff. Maybe it wasn't quite so positive. But in the meantime, Jeff, uh, we'll come on to Wimbledon in a minute. But uh, you are in backstage with Catherine Ryan mm. on Amazon Prime. Yes, as the kids say, that drops oh, yeah. on June the night. It has to drop now. Yes. It's there. It's gonna. I think of it as yeah. being there. It's going to be there from June the night, but it's a really, really interesting and funny show. It's sort of like, it's got a, a touch of like the big stand-up telly shows to it, like what people would recognise, I guess, from Live at the Apollo and stuff. But, but crucially, mm-hmm. what they had was they had cameras everywhere in the backstage area. So that process of, you know, from the moment that the comedians turn up, uh, you know, getting their makeup done, early chats with Caff and stuff, they filmed out like so much footage. And it's all edited down to these, I think, six episodes. And, and I, for my part in it, I, I was a writer on the show, but they brought that writing process 
kind of in front of the cameras, which should be oh, interesting. Good stuff. It could be a career ender as well. Let's be honest. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was pitching roast jokes. That's the main thing <clears> I was <throat> doing. As you guys will know, roast jokes are these things where you're supposed to be as brutal as possible. Yeah. So as you can imagine, the roast jokes that didn't make it into the show are, are the ones that could. I don't know. Finish you off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cancellation situation. Is yeah, well, cancellation never seems to fully mean cancel, but it'd certainly be a, a, a few days where... And who were they aimed at, these roast the, jokes? The comments. Oh, com- yeah, right. yeah, the comments, because Kath is a mm. brilliant roaster. I mean, she very much comes from that North American uh, tradition and stuff. Yeah. And, and you know what it's like with writing. I mean, she's mm. got plenty of stuff herself, but I was there to just offer up uh, the odd idea, bounce some stuff around. And then, yeah, I guess in the discussion of the comics... Um, that was where maybe, you know, we could... Well, it would be interesting to see how they react because you're looking at their little quirks mm. and uh, eccentricities of people like Jimmy Carr, you know, Sarah Millican, Sean Walsh is on the show as well. Mm. And uh, I think probably, you know, some very candid stuff with him that I think people will want to see. Yeah. And, you know, all the while, it's still got the live show done in very high production values and some great audiences. Good stuff. That that's good. From the 9th. That's from, yes. It's, it's there from the 9th. I'm trying to get that it's word. There. It's there. You feel, yeah. you feel uncomfortable saying <laughs> it's dropped. On Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah think... I'm 45. Yeah, I know, I know that, that word's not for me. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, that's true. And you're off to, are you doing the Edinburgh Festival this year? You yes, I yeah. am. Yeah, I'm up there 12th to 28th of August. So I had a, a show that was on tour from September of last year up <laughs> until <laughs> literally a couple of weeks ago where I played the absolute mecca of comedy, Wimbledon Theatre. No, yeah, of course. Yeah, all these funky comics, you know, they want to do yeah. live at the Apollo I'm like no I want to be on stage in the same space as I saw Christopher Biggins dressed as a woman <laughs> his head in Panto really. well, in Panto well, yeah in no that, that tour was great fun and then and then I'll be you know there'll be a few a couple of months off and then I'll be taking it to the fringe mm. and you know I always have a bit of a political dimension to the show not as much in this show as before but I got there's no point writing anything at the moment yeah. really is there I mean just got to sit wait you know yeah. Just check. I'll just yeah. check check the news about see, five do you, minutes. Do you mind about this label that you've got, which is probably not in, entirely fair? They, you're often billed as a sort of right wing comedian, mm. as if you're some balance to everybody else. But whenever I've seen you, I've never I've never really felt that. Well, it depends. If it gets me work, I don't mind it. Um, <laughs> if it I, I think I've definitely mellowed over the last couple of years because mm. when Brexit was in the balance and you know the argument was very live and stuff, it, it took us all out of our normal political characters. Whereas you know, I think last couple of years, maybe with the pandemic, we've realised that there are also bigger things. And, and I think what I'm doing now, you know, I'll always have a certain leaning, you know, politically, but, but I'm, I'm a political comic. That's what I'm supposed to do. And, mm. and whoever's offering the best setups, I should be going there. And it, it's certainly true that the Tories at the moment are, you know, coming up with some really good material. Yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned Christopher Biggins. Are you aware yeah. that he's quite a good football commentator? Is I think he? we may be able to find a moment. We'll ask our team to track it down if they can before yeah. we before you leave us. But we got a wonderful commentary <laughs> moment from yes, Christopher Biggins, which we'll play you that before you leave the studio. I'd love to hear. We cross to uh, Christopher Biggins live at Loftus Road here. <laughs> Goal of the Emirate, Christopher Biggins. Biggins, who scored? It'd be good. Who's it gone to? Um, yes, maybe it can become AFC Wimbledon's official. A commentator, sadly back in League Two, but under, in in the hands now of uh, a friend of the show, fine man, I think very much shortchanged at Charlton. Johnny Jackson is your new manager. As I've said it? before, a big believer in alliterations. Johnny yeah. Jackson trips off the tongue. It's quite yeah. I think he, he knows South London. He'll know the club quite well. And, and, and I just think you know maybe in league, I never wanted to get relegated, but in League mm. One we just weren't competing. We even in the seasons that we did stay up, we were winning like ten games. Mm. 
a season if we were lucky in mm. this year. I mean, my God. It was this, this season was the first one I got my son into it. Fully indoctrinated him, as you do. Yeah. You know, it's quite, it's easier than you think. And, um, and then we went down and I, I got to the point where do I just lie to him? He's only six. <laughs> do I? Oh and then relegation came <laughs> into view and stuff. But what, what is wonderful is he went to the ground and, and just having the ground back there in South London, mm. it's a wonderful thing for <clears> me, but, but it's given him some sort of root in, in the community that yeah. I grew up in. And, uh, do you I, still live in the area? Are you still? No, no, no. no I, I can't afford to live in Wimbledon anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, weirdly, I live near the other club in Buckinghamshire now. Oh right. But um, but yeah, it, it, it really. I, I didn't know how how different it would feel uh, going back to New Plough Lane. I didn't know if it was like a, a bit of something we've romanticised mm. in our minds because we were only. And you feel let down when you ultimately went there. You think because you yeah. built it up so well, much. Well, that's in your what mind. I worried yeah. about, to be honest. And but we were only playing three miles away in Kingstonian. You thought, really, is a bus ride? All, yeah. the, all the difference here and I have to say when I went there immediately it did feel very different you know mm. just being back and knowing that the club had had, had yeah, a home a, a sort of base and you know and the fans you know the fans definitely deserved better last season and uh, we'll have, we'll have, a, we'll have a, there are a couple of big games in league two you know Swindon yeah. Sutton United, the new low, uh, South London derby. Oh, yes, of yeah. course. That's true. <laughs> Tim Vines' team. you got Dorking, Dorking down the road. Not a million miles. Am I going completely mad? I'm Dorking Woking, I'm thinking. It's in that sort of... It's yeah, in no, that I, corridor. I've been at the point where our, our corridor. London derby was like Malden Vale, I think, at one yeah. point. So the, this is still OK. I think, I think mm. being in the league is the key thing. But I, I, you'd have to... We, we didn't win a game from December... Of last season, yeah. so you'd have to think we'll, we'll, we'll do. So you think, in some ways, if your little lad has stuck mm. with it when you've been mm. losing a lot of games, then yeah. you know next season when hopefully you win in a few more. That's true. Yes, he'll, he'll, you know he should, should cement it, shouldn't he? he won't be saying, yeah. "Can I have a can I have a Man United shirt or a Man City shirt?" With the, the, on my back. He needs to be strong when he goes to school, though, because he's going to get a lot of you know Liverpool fans yeah. and Manchester United. Fans well, in a way, it. like it's AFC mm. Wimbledon have got a better brand among kids mm. than Wimbledon Football Club had when I was a kid. Because now we romanticise the Wimbledon years. Say, wasn't it great when yeah. they were putting up all the big boys? People didn't like us then. They really didn't. But AFC Wimbledon mm. are, you know, inverted commas. I'm sure a lot of people contest this. Everybody's second team, but there's a real story to the club. So if he says to his PE teacher, AFC Wimbledon, he's likely to get quite a positive reaction. Mm. Whereas, you know, in 1989, when I said to my PE teacher, I supported Wimbledon, he's like, what, those thugs? Those thugs with no money that run around headbutting people? I was like, that's the most entertaining bit. So look, let's, let's play you. We, we mentioned earlier on the reason mm. that we found out Christopher Biggins was such a good football commentator was because of this quiz question that Jamie O'Hara set for Craig Mitch. Have a listen to this. For those of you watching in black and white, <laughs> who's got black Spurs and white TV? are in the all yellow strip. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> A, Martin Tyler. B, Christopher Biggins. Or C, John Motson. Ah, all legends. I'm going to go B. Yeah, uh, Craig thought Christopher Biggins came out with that infamous uh, commentary moment. But we did manage to track down this little bit of footage of Biggins uh, in a very famous uh, commentary moment. Balotelli, Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. To watch it, 
drink it in. Lovely, uh, uh, uh. isn't it? Christopher Biggins is a commentator. Yeah, also a little Chumley Warner type of there. <laughs> yeah. And you think with the Guerrero, the stress has to be on the O, not, yeah. the, not the U and the E. Well, you know that isn't Christopher yeah, Biggins. You know that. It's Luke Kempner, of course. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, you can never his, tell the difference. Fantastic. Given it's his best Biggins. <laughs> so, where can we find out more about Edinburgh and, and stuff? Are you on, online or we find Yeah, yeah. So, if you go on to just search, follow me on Twitter, I'm always wanging on about it. But if you go on Live Nation and just look Edinburgh Festival, Jeff Norcott. Obviously, there I do a podcast as well called What Most People Think, uh, which mm-hmm. is a weekly podcast, which uh, I'm going to have to probably do two this week, given the oh, way yeah. the, the, <laughs> the news is coming. That's the thing when you do political comedy, you have to make out like, oh, God, this turbulence, but you think it's, you know, it just yeah. keeps, keeps me in work. Um, yeah, we've learned something else today because I always thought it was a vote of no confidence, yeah. but now it's a vote of confidence. So it's not, yeah. it's no, it's, a, it's not a lap of honour, it's a lap of appreciation. I mean, <laughs> look, you think things we're learning all of the t- <laughs> all these just changes in language. It's, it's a rough one, isn't it? I mean, like, whatever you think about Boris, first day after Jubilee, everyone's feeling a bit delicate yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to come back into my job and go look Jeff all of your colleagues have decided you're not really up to it mate. I was like look can we not just have an easy morning get some toasties in <laughs> thank you Jeff point. good to see you yeah all good to see best. you chaps the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast now we enter the world of extreme sports uh, this of course is cheese rolling that took yes. place uh, yesterday as is traditional Cooper's Hill mm. in uh, Gloucester and uh, they had a witness it not to take part far too old for that these days and if you look at the pictures you can understand why well no it's a young man's game and it's a young woman's game um, ball runner comedy store player Cresta runner um, you know all the rest it's Andy Smart good afternoon Andy <laughs> good afternoon boys so yeah you were there you were there as a, as a spectator this time but you, oh. you have taken part in the cheese right how many, how many roles have you done I only did it once. Yeah. I realised that I never wanted to do it ever, ever again. <laughs> it, 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 I'd much rather run with the bulls than run, run with the cheese. It's, uh, wow. it's much more dangerous. That is saying something, isn't it? it? Is. Being chased by a bull is better than chasing cheese down the hill. <laughs> now, it's well, probably worth explaining just, I mean, yeah. people haven't seen the pictures. Cooper's Hill, is, it's pretty steep, isn't it? Do we know it's, the actual... It's one, it's, it's one in two, yeah. R- wow. Okay. And the so idea it's basically is, like chucking mm. yourself off a cliff, really. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. And trying um, to touch it, touch it with your feet as you go down. Wow! Um, but, um, it was uh, the first race was run by Chris Anderson, who it was his twenty third cheese that he's won. Mm. He's done twenty five runs and he's won it twenty three times. He's he's, he's a bit he of like a leg, local legend. <laughs> he, he loves he cheese. Must love yeah. cheese. Yeah, well, yeah. It, I, I was talking to him afterwards, and I, I said he's got three kids now because I remember he returned. He said this is the last run he's ever going to do. But he said that 11 years ago when his wife was pregnant with their first child. So he's, that was after 16 wins. Um, but uh, I said, so uh, he was introducing me to his three kids. And he says, and this is my daughter, this is my youngest daughter. She's three. This is uh, Belle. I said, oh, right. He said, yeah, like baby Belle. <laughs> yeah, you really into cheese. Is it a double Gloucester? Is that what it is? It's a seven-pound double Gloucester. It's about uh, it's about a foot in diameter. Mm. When it gets to the bottom, it's travelling at about eighty miles an hour. Good um, lord! So they can't ever catch it. But uh, it, I mean, all the press. I mean, I was stood in the press area. I, uh, I use your name to get me there. Oh, um, <laughs> so he was Talk Sports official correspondent. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so I got in the press area, and I was. It was. It was amazing. There was like people from Tokyo and and Germany and everyone covering it from all over the world, and. Um, it was quite a it was quite a, a global event yesterday because the the, the women's race was won by uh, uh, what's her name Abby, Abby Lampy Lamp- Abby yeah. Lampy yeah mm. and she was she was from North Carolina she was holidaying in Spain 
and someone told her about this event and she decided that she'd fly over from Spain, get a cheap flight, because wow. she was determined to win it. And she was incredible. She really flew down the hill. And when we went to interview her at the end, I said, uh, you know, how does it feel? And she just looked at me and she said, have I still got all my teeth? <laughs> did you? Did you? Do they still do the uphill race? Because we were watching a bit of yeah. old footage. Yeah, that yeah, looks yeah, quite grueling as well. They do. Yeah, they have the under 11s, um, which was won by Jamie. No, it was won by Alfie Townsend. He was very chuffed <laughs> to tell me that he'd won the uphill race. Um, then there was. Uh, then there's the 11 to 18, and then there's the over 18 race, and that that is really hard work. And you can you can see them really as they get near the top where it's the steepest, they get really tired, and the, the obviously the lactic acid in their calves must be killing them. It, but uh, they had a special jubilee race this year as well, because mm-hmm. uh, normally they only have three races: two men's and a, and a woman. And this year it was... So it, that's it where was Prince first... Andrew was. Did he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he had COVID. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so it was the first time they'd had the Jubilee race and it was the first time ever they had a, a dead heat. And it was won oh. by Robbie Gabriels, who's Belgian, mm. and Amma El Lampi, who was uh, Egyptian. Which well, related the... to the other Lampi. That's, that's two Lampis. No. Isn't no, it? it? One was, from it North spelt... Carolina or yeah. South Carolina, one from Egypt. Spelt... Differently, but yeah, the same name. Really. Mm, what, are the, what are the chances of that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by the catchers. I always think they cause more injuries than they save. Yeah. They stand at the bottom yeah. trying to stop him. And I saw yeah, one bloke go bloke, straight into him who got really injured. It looks like the bloke had managed to sort of bounce his way down in one piece, then the catcher got to him, then it looked like the catcher inadvertently broke the bloke's rib, stopping him, <laughs> which didn't help. <laughs> yeah, that's the Brockworth... Um... <laughs> the Brockworth rugby team take it very serious. Mm. And uh, after he won his first race, Chris Anderson joined them at the bottom. And he was so busy watching the runners, picking out which one he was going to rugby tackle, that the cheese missed him by about two inches. He would have taken his leg off. Um, he was very lucky. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they, the boys at the bottom. T- I mean, it's an amazing organisation. It's all done local charity uh, they have a bucket which they go around. There must have been about 1,500 people there yesterday on the hill. And uh, it's incre- considering it's, you know, it, it supposedly started back in Roman times. So oh. it was a way of, of the local women to pick, uh, uh, you know, the, the, their man to get married to. Whoever won the, the race was considered a, a prize catch in those days. Wow. wow. They should combine it with the running of the bulls. I'd like to see those bulls going down there. Yeah, we give you a fighting <laughs> chance. I'm looking at the techniques. I mean, the idea, of course, is just to get to the bottom of the hill. You're never going to catch the cheese because the speed no. is going, but you've no. got to get to the bottom of the hill first. And I'm looking at the different techniques from the the runs that you mm. filmed yesterday. Yeah. And they are very varied. I mean, the man that always wins it, as you've told us earlier on, Chris, yeah. you know, why don't they just copy his technique? Because it mm. clearly works. It, it does. He's, he's an ex-army guy, and he, he, he's worked out a way of doing it so that as if you feel yourself falling, you throw yourself forward, do a forward roll, mm. and then leap back up as you come round. But <laughs> there's very few people that can do that mm. when they're running at full... You know, probably, it's the fastest 100 metres you'll ever see. You know? it's, it's... <laughs> it's incredible. There is a difference between the Duke's cheese and the Kookaburra cheese. Obviously, I mean, yeah. that's, they're different. Yeah. The one's a bit softer, isn't it? It's more like a brie yeah, yeah. at, the, at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, well, the, 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 the cheeses are actually made by smarts, uh, oh. which is mm. I was very, very chuffed to know that one of my uh, 
one of my family are producing the cheese. Yeah. Lovely, yeah. The, um, you didn't stay at John Joe Neal's Dairy, did you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very in-joke, Andy. The, um, what was I going to say to you? So I, was the, after, <laughs> I was looked after by uh, Flo Early was there. She was looking after the press area. Yeah. And if you, if you if anyone gets a chance, go on to Netflix and watch We Are the Champions, the cheese rolling. It's all about her, and she's she's such a bubbly. And she 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 retired about five years ago, and she mm. but she said, as we were stood there watching it early, she just went, I think I'm going to have to have a go. And I was going, no, you, you, you broke your leg last time you did oh, it. Well. <laughs> yeah, she broke a leg, and then and then she went out to uh, to a disco celebrating. What with then, a broken leg? Yeah, yeah, and then she didn't go to the hospital till the disco just chucked her out. I mean, they breed them hard in Gloucester, <laughs> oh, don't they? Incredible. The, um, Andy, what about the injuries this year? I mean, I saw somebody being carted off with a broken yeah, arm and a collarbone, wasn't it? Well, yeah, the one guy got a. Uh, he, 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 yeah, I think he caught a rabbit hole and he broke his ankle and oh, then fell oh forward and fell forward and broke his collarbone as he landed. Oh. So uh, and it took it took. I mean, they they carried him off into the ambulance. There's like three ambulances there. Hmm. Um, by the side, but that was the only main injury because it was nice and soft this year because of the rain we had on Saturday night. It was actually really good conditions for running the cheese. Well, but wasn't it, was... it? Wasn't it um, <laughs> outlawed this by the local authority because of the because it was dangerous? Mm. I mean, how comes they've got it back on again? Or do people, do people just turn up? Well, yeah, they they did. The police tried to sort of stop it back in about 2014, and uh, they they put roadblocks all around it. But people still went up to the hill and, and did it. So I think now they've they've sort of uh, They've they've decided they can't really stop it, and the, the, it's so well organised. And they've got you know they've got all the safety people there. They've got uh, the fencing goes up on either side to protect the the, the family set because the cheese can veer off into the crowd sometimes. It's quite scary. <laughs> That's I mean the cheese is, is the most dangerous part of it. Really, it missed it missed me. I was filming the the ladies race, and it missed me by about. I don't know, a foot, travelling at 80 miles an hour. What a way to go, though, Andy. When, we, when, we, when we're all standing there at the memorial service, who's who of the world of comedy and a few of the Farnborough boys will be there, and somebody says, to think that Andy would have kept us laughing to the end, taken out by a massive wooden cheese, it's what he would have wanted. It's not wooden, it's a real cheese. It's, it's not a, wooden, it's, it's a real cheese. It's a real yeah. cheese. I thought it was OK, I thought it was a wooden cheese. It's okay. wrapped, it's, it's wrapped in wax. Yeah, it's wrapped in wax paper and yeah, uh, little bits well, of I mean, cheese and pineapple. Well, that's even better, Andy. Be nice. What more would you have wanted? Yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a cheese ball they would have had at the, at the wake afterwards. Let's, look, let's, let's hope not. Anyway, uh, good to talk to you, Andy. Thanks very much for your eyewitness report. Marvelous. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Andy Smart, there, a talk sports man. Uh, at the uh, cheese roll. Official man. Official man. <laughs> the cheese. Although we didn't appoint him, uh, he, he blagged his way in. But well, we don't mind that we got... We got yeah, he um, did a report on it. He so got a file report. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Did you see a man wrote... A man? A, a man, man? A man uh, was knocked off a horse he rode into a pub, sending him and a pint flying. Yeah. The hapless jockey rode into the Angel Inn in Burnley, hmm. but his head on the door beam. Uh, an onlooker said, this lad comes in holding his horse with a rope, another man on the back of it riding into a pub. 
Right. He whacked his head. You wouldn't expect to see that in Burnley, would you, really? Was it a white horse? Did he go up to the bar and do the old gag, did he? Yeah, we got, we got a gin named after you. What, Darren? <laughs> no. Okay, so just said he was the I didn't say it was the best gag. I wouldn't open with it. It's just <laughs> it an old fine. joke, Andy. Well, I Give me like a thousand-yard stare if I you did, like. I did get it. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, he whacked his head on the top of the door frame, stumbling backwards, fell into another man who at the time had a pint in his hand. Yeah. He knocked it all over him, covering him in beer. Yeah, that why probably, did he? Why that did probably he, didn't happen at Epsom. Why did he ride the horse into the pub? It's a Johnny Nash. It doesn't say. It doesn't really say. No, why it doesn't he did really it. say. Was it? Was it a loose? Or was it kind of? Had it? Whoa! Had it taken off? And it just no, fancied I th- a pint. I think he just rode in. Everyone in the pub was laughing. Apparently, not every day you see a horse come into a pub. Well, it's not. That's very true. They often it? like much like they like a bag of crisps though. They, have, they always like a bag of cheese and onion, don't <laughs> Do they? they? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. It's a good baseline, that. Every time I hear it, I think that's very good. It's we a think famous it's, person. We think it, it, well, we don't know. We asked Rick, we well, think it might be Herbie Flowers, the great mm. uh, session bass player, play Walk on the Wild Side and mm. stuff like that. But uh, we could be wrong. It might not be him. It might be anybody. Anyway, that's not why we play it. Um, it's because, you know, the drill by now, we bring you some Clips of the Week pewter. They're, uh, they're just from 2009. They're not the gold we bring you every Christmas Eve. They're just pewter. Um, we haven't heard them since 2009. We trust that. Well, I say we trust our producer. That would be pushing it a bit. But he's I chosen. Do. He's, do you? Yeah, of course. Blimey. He's young. He knows what you can say and what you can't say. Oh, okay, yeah. Because times have changed since 2009. I think you do need quite a kind of youthful arbiter of these clips. I think you do. Certainly as you get to 2001, 2002. I'm surprised we played them then. Um, Yeah, different times, as they say. Morning! So, um, we're going to kick off with that, old mate Andrew McKenna and the sports news. The League Cup continues tonight in England and Scotland. Mark Saggers will once again take you through everything here on TalkSport till half past ten. You half miss t- me, me. Half past ten. Here's <laughs> yeah. a Spurs fan calling up to talk Sol Campbell and taking drastic action. When he said he wouldn't have played with Tottenham, what, three weeks later, he's played sign for Arsenal. If he came back to Tottenham, I think I'd rather chop my head off. Ooh, that's a bit drastic, Don't be isn't doing it? that. Who's going to use your season ticket? Don't be doing that to yourself. Fella. You're right if you're sitting behind him. You'll get over it. You'll definitely get over it. Just a neck. Okay. Staying with the calls. Here's one to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend uh, with uh, a bit of praise. Uh, let's go yeah. to Reggie, who's on the Isle of Wight. Reggie, good morning. Morning, boys. How are you doing, yeah. Reggie? I've got to say, you two were the greatest presenters of this age or indeed of any age. Well, I'm praising <laughs> making you the greatest people who've ever presented anything ever. Well, Andy's anywhere good. in the world. Oh, but Arsh is the man himself would say. What's next? This is Adam Brazil on breakfast talking Manchester United. On the texts and emails and calls, uh, Alan, if this had happened the other way around, Fergie would have been well, up, 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 apoplectic. He would have been. Uh, upper, he wouldn't have upper, been. Upper, upper, or <laughs> uh, well, hang on. <laughs> Apoplectic. Um, yeah, back to the lines right, now. Mike Parry, and it's Mike Parry and Andy Townsend again. <laughs> right, let's go to Catherine, yeah. who's in London. Catherine, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Catherine? Okay. All right, thank you, Andy. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Mike. <laughs> Hello, Mandy. Andy, Andy <laughs> Mandy, and Mike. <laughs> they were yeah, a great. They, they were trio. all three great broadcasters <laughs> of this age or indeed any age. <laughs> For two. Mickey Quinn now talking fitness. In, in, in professional football, first match of the season, I'll tell you, I was breathing through my backside, sweating profoundly. <laughs> Fantastic. The profundity of mixed sweat, of course, is legendary in, in, in Newcastle. 
so what's next? It is uh, Keith Arthur. I'll make Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues chatting to a caller. Uh, let's talk to Joe in Enfield. Hello, Joe. I'm not Joe from Enfield. I'm a Joe just come from Mallorca in Spain on the 25, and I bought short and sweet. I'll phone you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs> what a great self contained call. Just back from Mallorca. <laughs> Fantastic. Long there, not there long enough, obviously, to pronounce it properly. So, um, what's next? It's Alan Brazil again, who was probably talking non league football with a guest. Uh, my other club, which is Altrincham in the conference, plays football. Oh, like, Altrincham, the Robins. I watch. I watch. Oh, I live up in that part of the world, and I have done for the last twenty years. And when I moved up there, I adopted them as my uh, sort of local club. So, mm. uh, in I, another I, part of the world, I used to live in Ale. You said, <laughs> does he mean hail? Or you never know, Alan. Do you? Used to, I think he's used to live on hail, not not here now. I think you chose your words wrongly there. Graham Courtney now. It, I think it's me, isn't okay, it? Oh, you're very keen taking taking over. Yes. Andy Jacobs now nicking all the clips. <laughs> Graham Courtney now talking Formula One and briefly getting possessed by the devil. It's only when you, you speak to, to, to Lewis Hamilton in conditions which are absolutely horrendous when it's pouring with. <laughs> when that happens, it gets a bit breathy, doesn't it? Yeah, it really, really was. It really was. Yeah, six, six, six. It really was. Uh, what's next? Then, staying with Formula One, it's Mike Boville with the sports news. Out of the tournament, Jensen Mutton can win the Formula One world title. Jen- Jensen Mutton. Jensen Mutton. That was the Ardman version. The Formula One, wasn't it? That they did. Uh, that was uh, we got old Jensen Mutton. And finally, it's back to Andy Townsend and Mike Parry. Talking about the Saturday night TV of their youth. Years yeah. ago, on a Saturday night, there was the two Ronnies. Yeah. Weren't there? Yes. Morecambe and Wise. Morecambe and Wise. The match of the day. The match of the day. What was on the other side at that time? Uh, I reckon the Avengers. Uh, what uh, else would have been on? I know. Sunday night at the London Palladium. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a Saturday night, really. Like the clue, Seems unlikely. The clues in the name. <laughs> so there we are. Yeah, the producer. He didn't do too bad there, actually, Not as Alan bad. might say. Yeah. Um, there's some clips pewter, and we'll dust off a few more from that box of um, old forgotten mini discs and bring you a couple more next week. In the meantime, Andy, anything you want to share yes, with the class? Yes, uh, a lovely bit of uh, tabloid thesaurus when they can't use the same word twice, so they're going to come up with a different one. This is about... Eating an egg a day could help stave off a heart attack or stroke. Oh, a new okay. study suggests scoffing the versatile shelled food staple. <laughs> that's very Come good. Come on, that's, that's good. That's very good. I, I like suppose that. it's an art form. If you work in newspapers yeah. and you know you can't repeat the word egg, for example, it, it, there must be a kind of pecking order. I don't mean it like that. But you know what I mean? It yeah. must be. People must say, oh, enough respect for that that particular Yeah, because one the one fantastic. in the star is just the protein packed food, which is not That's quite not as bad. Good. But what? Give us the first one again. The versatile shell food staple. That's, that's good. Somebody's mm. definitely put the hours into uh, to bring us that one. And uh, Emerson Royal, and you, you might have seen this, he narrowly escaped with I his life it, yeah. after a gunman tried to rob him uh, after he left the nightclub. Quite a horrible story. Yeah. But Emerson Royal's dad, I think he went to public school because he said, when the thief saw the security, uh, it seems Royal pulled me to help me. He calls his son Royal. He calls him... <laughs> Maybe they maybe that's a Brazilian thing. We'll ask Tim. I think we've got Tim well, Vickery joining us later. Surely he's week. Emerson Royal, not Royal Emerson. Well, I don't know. That must be what the family call him, Andy. It's <laughs> 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 public school. <laughs> we know you know what Brazilian names are like. They're a law unto themselves. Well, that's aren't very they? true. I don't. Yeah. And uh, did you know that Fern Britton loves Formula One? I never knew this. Is she really? She has a sweepstake on every race. Her and her mates. 
Is that right? Hey. Interesting fact you brought <laughs> It's us incredible. Um, 64-year-old, best known for presenting this morning, said she and a group of pals put £10 each into a pot at the start of each season and uh, and they basically have a, they have to predict who's going to come first, second and third. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Who so knew? it's all round Fern's house, is it, for the well, very much so. for the next Grand Prix? <laughs> Marvellous. Fair enough. Mike Bubbin's going to be joining us. He was in the stadium uh, yesterday, comedian, podcaster, of course, Mike. Uh, more rugby man, you would think, but I think but like a lot of people in Wales, he's been mm. very interesting. Uh, Martin Tyler mentioned in commentary a, a survey I saw. They're saying football now is the most popular sport in Wales, I think. Uh, and Dave Edwards also was alongside mm-hmm. him, the former Wales and Wolves midfielder, saying when he first started playing for Wales, 2007 or whatever, you never, ever would have thought that for a minute. But that's the power of this team, really. And that's true. He was good, Dave, but he does sound like Gary Mabbott. A lot of people pointed that out so? on social okay. media. Yeah. All right. If he ever wants to get a job as a Gary Mabbott impersonator. Well, I don't, I don't know how lucrative a business that is, <laughs> really. Sound alike. Yeah, seems unlikely. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Wales won Ukraine now. Seeds of pandemonium as Wales qualified for their first World Cup in 64 years. Unbelievable scenes of jubilation. Gareth Bale punches the air. He walks towards the continent, kissing his badge. He can't believe it. I'm giving Dave Williams of TalkSport a big hug. It is sensational. <laughs> there we are, Lawrence Moore. Yeah. Well, a man in Wales exciting, re- reporting mm. there from uh, the Cardiff City Stadium. And uh, the 36,000 in the stadium will always have a great memory. Among mm. them, and there is photographic evidence because he was behind the goal <laughs> where Yarmolenko headed it into his own net, was comedian, friend of the show, podcaster, actor, Mike Bubbins. Good afternoon, Mike. Hello, boys. How are we doing? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you come down yet? Oh, what, what, what a night that was. Uh, no, I haven't really. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You took your lad with you, your 12-year-old something. What a memory for him. Yeah, his first competitive game. So I, I went and got on the top. I bought him the, the shirt about two days before. I took him in. I didn't know where the tickets were. So when we turned up, we were right beyond the goal, like eight rows back beyond the goal. <sighs> Were you behind the goal where the goal yeah, went in or the other end? I think you were one behind where the goal went in, weren't you? I was right behind it. So I was when the goal went in, I was in line with the penalty spot, eight rows back, and the so we saw the free kick. My mate Dan, who got who sort the tickets out, he said, is he, is he going for it, Bale? I went, yeah, watch this. And he kicked it. And it, you say it headed in by, by the Ukrainians. It was it was it glanced off his head. But I mean um, <laughs> no. the <laughs> slightest of glancing blows. Um <laughs> and it just went off. But then but the worst thing, so the second half then, obviously that's the uh, the way off goal in the second half. Oh my god, the last 30 minutes took forever. There were so goal line scrambles and mm. blocked shots and saves and oh. Amazing, amazing, amazing. There is the photographic evidence as you jumping up as the goal goes in. You're there in all those pictures behind the goal. So, Yeah, my friend sent me the clip and they said, where's your son gone? You've thrown your son. (laughs) And uh, he sort of moved to the side a little bit to get a better view of the free kick. Mm. And, uh, yeah, just I think the the Reuters or one of the press agency photographs is right there. But evidence, evidence, two arms in the air, limbs, boom. Are you? I, mean, I was going to say you're. You, I think your lad plays rugby, doesn't he, Mike? I mean, you're you're a rugby man. I think we use a rugby man. But we were hearing well, about this survey that says football is becoming more popular. They say it's more popular than rugby in Wales. I don't doubt it, to be honest. I mean, I'm not the I mean, I love rugby. 
I, I love the game. I love, you know, most of my best friends I met through rugby. My, my boy plays rugby and, and football. He, he loves his rugby. But just the way the game's, the football in, in Wales now is, that there's such a great connect with the FAW and the fans and the way the whole thing's put together. Different level. I mean, I've been to, I've been to dozens of rugby games at the stadium. Uh, that was half as many people as yesterday, 36,000 in that stadium. Twice as loud, twice as much fun. It was just a, it was a, it was a mad evening. But it was in the Cardiff Stadium, wasn't the Principality Stadium, was it? Yeah, yeah. So it was Principality seats like seventy five thousand. Yeah, Principality mm. seats thirty six thousand. It was it was crazy. Yeah, and the Welsh FA have been saluted, haven't they, for doing that because there is a better atmosphere. So they they opted to go for the atmosphere rather than the money. Well, do you know what? And, and yeah, and and I so I would do anything to get a ticket for that game yesterday. Or my friend Dan came through. He said, "I got you a ticket in the family stand for you and Ben, my boy." I said, "Oh, brilliant, mate!" I said, "I can't believe it. What, what do I owe you?" He said, "35 quid." I said, "What?" Wow. <laughs> I, said, I said, "How?" He said, "Well, your ticket's thirty, and under 16s are a fiver." I went, wow. "That is." I took I took him and I to the rugby last year. I, mean, I paid two hundred pounds for two tickets. Wow! And that was thirty-five quid for the for the you know for a World Cup qualifier. It was just. Brilliant in there yesterday. Because of that, mm. we discovered at the start of the game through Martin Tyler that although they had VAR in place, there was no goal line technology because the uh, Welsh FA felt that was an expense too far. Maybe if they're charging a fiver for kids, which is a, mm. a great thing to do, that's why. But I was slightly worried that you were going to get sawn off by one that crossed the line, but that there was no goal line tech. But thankfully, it didn't yeah. come to that. Yeah. We, oh, we got nothing off that referee yesterday either. Nothing at all, believe me. <laughs> no. I looked at the stats. I mean, well, yeah, except he didn't give a penalty, which Paul and I don't agree about. I, this, I, 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 yeah. Everybody else thinks it was a penalty. Apart from really. me, by the sound of it, and possibly you, Mike, as well. So. <laughs> yeah, it was a penalty. So, um, well, they have Ukraine, twice as many shots, three times as many shots on target, twice the possession, twice as many passes. Uh, yeah, I mean, just stats-wise, all over us. And the second half was, was oh, mm. just seemed to take forever. But what a, oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Beautifully, I mean, it seemed a lovely atmosphere. I saw the the, and the Ukrainian anthem, obviously, um, applauded by the Welsh fans. I saw Ukraine fans yeah. applauding the Welsh fans out of the stadium. So it was probably well, a nice what? atmosphere. Yeah, so the, the away end is in the corner next to the family stand. So mm. from where we were, the Ukrainian fans were on the right-hand side, loud, all game, bouncing up and down. At the end of the game, they were coming across the barrier between uh, the stand and the, and, the, and the away stand. Swapping shirts with the Welsh fans, swapping flags. People just round of applause before the game, doing the anthem after the game. It was it was lovely to see, to be honest. Now, what about going out to Doha? Have you got any plans yet? <laughs> Do you know what? I was saying to Stefan Ellis on the pod, I was saying, there's no way I'd go to Qatar for a, for a World Cup. <laughs> and then Wales qualified, I thought, I wouldn't mind going to Qatar. For a <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Of course. I, it, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't... I mean, yeah, the politics aside... Just, I mean, if it'd be anywhere else in the world, I'd have, I'd have been selling the house and, and getting tickets for it. But I mean, I don't know. I might have to watch that. I might have to watch that in the pub, boys. To be right. Mm. Now, now we after the game, um, we saw yeah. the Wales fans celebrating with a song with the players, and the players all seemed to know the song. And I, I saw a clip that you you tweeted out. Is it Daffod Ewan who is the the singer, the folk singer? Is that right? Yeah, Daffod Ewan. Yeah, yeah. That's right. um, he wrote the song. Yeah, he wrote the song, and he was singing it on the pitch with a guitar yesterday. It was a lovely moment. Um, I think we, you, you tweeted out a little bit of footage of you singing along with him. For um, it's a bit of an earworm today for me because we all heard it after the game. But oh, let's um, let's hear a little bit of it with Mike on vocals as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, all the players seem to seem to know the words, uh, Mike. Uh, and um, so, tell us a bit more about the song, uh, what it means, and how it's mm. kind of become in time with the with the football team. Well, so David Owen is a is a Welsh nationalist. He was a politician. He was an activist, uh, a musician. And he wrote this song probably 40 years ago now called Amarohid, which means we are still here mm. about the Welsh. I mean, so for hundreds of years, the Welsh language was banned. And, and then, you know, I'm not, it's not going to get too political on you boys. We're, we're amongst friends, but um, <laughs> it's just about the Welsh spirit, the Welsh language and the Welsh culture. And it's, and it, and it's still being here despite all the adversity. So Amarohid means we are still here. Then Agoitha Bauba Fogbeth means despite everyone and everything, we are still here, right? So that's what it's all about. The song's all about that. So I, I did a thing called Yaitha Daith, which is an S4C program with LS James a, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And a part of also a, a treat for me, a surprise. I didn't know what was happening because I turned up in this theatre and, and David Ewan was there with his guitar and I just wanted to sing a duet. I was like, oh, yes, please. That's great. So, uh, yeah, so that was great to see the, the, all the fans singing it, the Red Wall, a wild goch, and then to see, uh, to see the players singing it afterwards with David Ewan. What a thing for him to do that. Imagine, he was crying his eyes out on the big screen before mm. the game. Mm. Must be something else for him to see that. So, uh, yeah, that was special. It's yeah, I mean, we were, oh, Sorry, Andy, carry on. No, I was going to say, we were in uh, France for 2016, and it was noticeable how brilliant the Welsh fans were in the stadium and around the grounds mm. and around the, the towns that we were in. It just... You know they'll they'll embrace the World Cup. There's no question. Oh, I think it'll it'll be absolutely brilliant. I mean, the, the number of Ukrainian journalists and fans commenting today on Twitter about what you know what a great time we had and how good the Welsh fans were. We never have expectations. We, we don't. You know, there's there's never really an expectation with Wales that will that will succeed or, or win tournaments. We just we just want to do our best and go out there and play great football and make friends and, and see a bit of the world. So I think that's just the attitude that we carry into the game. Obviously. We, I think we've got a great, we've got a lovely team of players now. We've got a great manager. He stepped in and did a great job. So there's all that as well. But I just, it's all, it's the whole thing. I mean, if you get a chance, lads, you really should come to a Wales game. Mm. Yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, and I think he knows his side. He's got the players he can pick from. There's not much more than that. And that's probably a help, I think. Whereas you think Gareth's got more to choose from, but, you know, more decisions. That's the thing. I mean, we've never had strength and depth in the Welsh side, just just a game of numbers. So well, there's always sort of 15, 20 boys that you know you know are going to be in the reckoning. Uh, and we happen to have a couple of world class players in that team now, coming to the end of their careers, and it'd be interesting to see what happens next. But I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, we always got a pretty settled uh, a settled team, settled squad, and they just seem to get on great. I mean, they just seem like a real. I know it's a cliche, but they seem like a real family. That they're all out afterwards at the Bales Bar last night. Apparently, a lot of the players turned up, met the fans in there. They were, they were on the field for a good hour after the game. So it was, Brilliant. yeah, it was sort of special. Mike, always, uh, yeah, always good to talk to you. You're touring next year, aren't you? I see all the dates are available on, on Twitter, but uh, you're, on, you're, doing a, you're doing a UK tour next spring. Yeah, get on MikeBubbins.com and uh, I might even sing a song for you if you get there. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Cheers, Mike. All the best. Good to talk to you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Charlie's here tomorrow. And you're back on 
Thursday. Thursday, Thursday and Friday. Charlie will be Tuesday and Wednesday. Do hope you can join us tomorrow. Uh, England action, of course, against Germany tomorrow night. So plenty to get stuck into. We'll bring you that game live on TalkSport, but we'll catch you tomorrow from one. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson, and me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.